Hello and welcome to We Make Sounds. This is Siddharth. And I'm Anirudh. And today we have a guest with us, Manjod. Yeah, he's like a mutual friend of mine and a friend of Anirudh's. And so, Manjod, you want to like introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Manjod. Manjod Singh. Yeah. And um, today we're going to be talking about general stuff, right? So, yeah. Anirudh, you want to like get us started? Yeah, uh, so Manjot here is a developer. So like, I want to ask him like any tips that he would suggest for anyone who is starting out programming. So, well, one thing that I would like to say to anybody who is start who's just starting off is um, do not fall for people who say this is what you should do if you're a beginner. If you do that, then you will always be a beginner. Do what you want to break the limits. It'll be hard, yes, but that's how you grow. Okay, that's some valuable advice to folks. Like, just keep that in mind. Yeah, and um, I think that is applicable in other fields, like, you know, not only in programming. True, true, true. So, like, Manjot, like, how did you start out? Like, did you build up, like, a passion or, like, um, were you, like, inspired by anything? So actually, it's a sort of funny story. Um, so my school introduced HTML when I was in class six. Okay. And I'll be honest with you, I had no idea what was happening. I was like, what is HTML HTML? What is it supposed to be? Nonsense. <laughs> yeah. And um, then the summer vacations came along and I went to W3 schools. And I think like the day I just made my first web document, the one that goes like you write anything and you just put .html and save it. Yeah. That day I was like blown. I'm like, wow, this is my web page. I made this thing. So that's how I got into it. And by the time school reopened, I had done HTML, JS, and CSS from WC schools. And um, that's basically how I started off. That's cool. That's cool. I made like um, one or two websites in that year. Um, all of them were pretty crappy, if I be very honest with you. So they were just like um, these places from which you can download games. Okay. And each web page had the picture of one of my favorite characters. So, yep, that was pretty much it. Okay. So like, I'm pretty sure like you've grown pretty further from that certain point to now, right? And uh, yes, <laughs> you're doing pretty good stuff. So like, everyone's got some kind of beginning, and like this one was for you. And yes. That's pretty good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, also, like uh, Manjud, where do you think uh, the industry is heading to? In the sense, you know, you hear all these news articles about AI and how every single decision that is being projected onto your recommendation feed is being picked up by some algorithm that is. Uh, you know, analyzing your behavior. So like, so is, do you think AI will be the ultimate thing in the future or is it going to be something else? Like just give you a general perspective of how the industry will be in, um, you know. Okay. So as far as AI is concerned, AI is definitely going to be a crucial part of our future for quite some years to come. And in fact, not even AI, it's more about data oriented coding. Mm. 
right? So basically the information you have that essentially evolves into AI and we are moving more and more into data oriented things. And while it is true that it's going to be an integral part of our future, but one thing that I think I should mention here is um, I don't think that, you know, like these days we have apps on our phones. I think that is um, not going to stay a thing for very long. I think within a few years, um, apps are going to die out completely because let's face it, these days, all the countries on the, even on the streets on random spots, okay, you can get internet connections. You have 4G, we have 5G coming out. And I'm not sure if it's a valid thing, but I have heard people talking about 6G as well. So and let's face it, if you have that strong an internet connection, that sort of quality, then why do you even want apps? There is no need for apps. You can just stream everything on the spot, whatever you want. So I think apps might go out of fashion with time. And it might just move every like everything might just move to websites and stuff. Oh, okay. But uh, do you think the interface of an app like has to do with people logging into the app itself, right? So yes. Do you think um, that reason alone will help the apps to live a longer life, or maybe you live this? You know, like something might happen that this completely opposite to what you have just predicted like you know do you think there's a possibility of something like of that sort of course there is a very good probability like you have to understand i am also a human i am not yeah. a fortune teller or something no so i mean these are just my thoughts but as, but as far as logins go i don't think that will be the reason why apps survive because like you know um, even on websites, you like, you can just say that, okay, if you want to use this website, you got to sign up. And a lot of oh. websites actually have these things like sign up with your social media, like yeah. sign up with Google, with Facebook, with this, I with that. I mean, login. I meant the interface itself, like, you know, the logos and how that everything is put together in a design, a CSS style, like, you know, only the design. So, like, you know, if you just simply go to the Google search, you can just simply type out the link or if it's like nicely presented to you and then just click this button and it'll redirect. So that fact that you got to click the button, that alone can help the app sustain a pretty decent amount of time, right? Um, again, I could be wrong, but I personally think that is unlikely. That is a very oh. small thing. And see, whatever you can do on your apps, you can obviously do that on your computer. You can obviously do much better than your computer because um, because, the, because of the sheer fact that the phone has to be small and compact and has to be easy to carry around. Sure, we do have some great configurations, but it's not, you know, outstanding. It will never match. Like It may someday, but at least not in the near future. It won't match the sheer scale, the graphics, the processing power that a fully fledged computer has. Like, you know, these gaming computers, people who play um, GDA 5 or um, mm-hmm. PUBG on PC. So mm-hmm. those things cannot be replicated on phones. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah um, that is actually a truth that a lot of people don't realize in the sense, you know, people always expect their mobile devices to be really fast and I think a lot of people believe that like, you know, at one point the mobile device is going to be much stronger than the PC. The thing is, there is something called Moore's law, which kind of states the same thing. But uh, like right now, the circuits are like 
really, really small. And if it's, I think it's like six atoms thick or something, I'm not sure, but we are in that scale. The thing is, if we go even smaller, we are entering the quantum realm and it, everything is like re, really fuzzy in quantum mechanics. Okay. So why it's that like, is true? Uh, well, yeah. that's true, but see, com with computers, there is the f you can't just get around the fact that if you're building a CPU, actually building it, then you don't have exactly flexibility. You have complete freedom. You do whatever you want. Okay, you can fix uh, your bike's horn into the thing if you want, <laughs> which is not possible into your phone, in your phone. Okay, so if, if like if you have absolute freedom in something, then obviously it's going to surpass compactness and you know being small and stuff no yeah i was just talking about the sheer power like you know performance right so i think that yeah. there is a certain limit that the phones can be powerful up to like after that it's just technically not possible because we completely don't know how the quantum world works <laughs> even if you know someday we come up with and we are like yeah we can make phones legendary there is like, okay, there will still come the point that, you know, phones are just that, like, not that flexible as assembling a CPU. Like, yeah. you don't walk into a mobile shop and be like, yeah, bro, give me a processor, give me this, give me that, I'll assemble my phone today. <laughs> True. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, Manjot, so this is, like, a very common question. Oh, so if see a lot of people have asked me like what programming language they should start out with when the so like what do you recommend okay so i have um two recommendations actually and they kind of go off into opposite directions but i have both of them backed with some reasons so i'll actually mm -hmm. leave it to the listener like which one they want to choose one okay. is go with python so Python is, I would like to say, so easy a language that when I looked at it, I was like, dude, this is not coding, this is English. Okay, and the sheer number of libraries, packages that you have in Python, there is nothing that you cannot do. Okay, so you can make music recommender systems, you can make prediction systems, like it looks at the data of house sales and then it goes like, yeah, okay, if you have this property, it has these, these things, these are our details. It'll you know, fetch this much, it'll sell for this much. So Python is the thing that has incredible power, is super easy to learn. And mm. it's like, if you want to get started with AI and all those things real quick, then Python is your answer. And Python is, you know, actually you can do pretty much everything with it. You can develop apps with Python. You can make games with Python. You can write, I don't know, I've heard people talk about writing servers and websites with it, but I've never done that personally. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So Python is definitely a great option, but another way to look at it is start with C or C++. So hmm. now the thing is, these languages are, are pretty old and pretty difficult to learn, I admit. Hmm. But the good thing about C and C++ is that these are some pretty old languages, okay? And if you can master these, if you mastered these, no matter what language you have to learn in the future, like, you know, you go to work and your, work and your boss is like, 
dude you got to learn python or dude you got to learn django or whatever hmm. i do not think it will take you longer than i don't know a week or 10 days max because c and c++ is just that difficult and con- uh, concepts are just not um that developed like you have classes you have structures you get to properly understand what's going on even concepts like stack queues and all those things so hmm. see if you for instance i'll give you a comparison so if you're making hmm. you know a simple program that okay i have a list of these random numbers i want to hmm. sort them in ascending order so hmm. in python you just say okay dude this is my list of numbers go ahead sort and it's going to do the thing for you but hmm. technically you have no idea what python just did what is the logic it used what was the thing that is really going on in the background but hmm. with c and c++ uh even simple actions like these you have to think about them you have to optimize them like okay dude um i have to sort it how to sort it like this is one may one way but this is too slow is there a faster way and mm-hmm. even in today's time c and c++ are not exactly outdated they still have their use in fact pretty great use because um c and c++ are languages what we call as low level languages that is to say they are close to what computer understands yes it understands yeah. what both c++ and python are but it is just going to take a longer time to understand python for instance if i was to talk to you in some other language that you learned as you grew up you will of course understand but if i spoke to you like if i spoke to you and said the exact same thing in your mother tongue then you'll be like you know you'll catch it immediately you understand it literally yeah so that is like one pretty major one pretty good reason why c and c++ are still kicking around and are pretty good places to start from Yeah. but okay. if you if you want to go into you know properly if you want to make a game or you want to get into ai c or c++ may not be great options again it can be done but not great options yeah okay hmm. Hmm. and also this is something i wanted to discuss with you like mm-hmm. python being slower so certain procedures requires a fast programming language in sense the output should be fast but yes python is slower because of its syntax which is essentially designed in such a way that uh, you can it's for code readability easy code readability i believe um yes anyways uh, that that see that is kind of like a double edged sword see is because of that uh, you you just need to type a random variable name say like a is equal to 10 you just not giving the python whether it's an integer or a float or anything like that so python like literally has to think and you know, whether it's float whether it's in and then convert it like if it's in okay now it's in so that procedure makes it slower but on the other hand c and c++ like you got to declare the data types before and so yes my question is like being so python being a slower language uh, like put in processes for like say game development or like something like that any process where a lot of quick calculation is required you would rather use c or c++ right in a sense now if you are talking about a game and as long as you know it's a rational game like 
let's say I have a game in which there are, I don't know, 100,000 people playing, right? Okay. So if you have a calculation in which you have at least 100,000 variables, I think that is not too big a number. So as long as you use a decent algorithm, like the way you are doing it, so uh, even Python would be okay. Right. So let me give you an example. So let's say, uh, Anirudh, I give you 10 random numbers. Okay. Not just one to 10, let's say one to 1000. Okay. 10 numbers that can be anything between one and 1000. And I'm like, dude, you got to sort them in ascending order. So what most people do is they look at the whole list, they select the smallest number, they write it down. They look at the list again, select the smallest number, write it down again. So this is a pretty slow approach. Okay. This is in fact, one of the slowest approaches out there. So instead, if I was to use some other way, like there is this one way called random sort or quick sort, which is the fastest way to sort the thing till date. So you can do it much faster, right? So similarly, if you have, let's say a hundred thousand people and you're, I don't know, doing some calculation with them. So it really doesn't matter if you're using Python or C or C++, I guess the difference will be in a few milliseconds or maximum one second or two seconds. That's it. It should not be more than that. Okay. But yes, if we are talking about, let's say, um, 10 to the power, I don't know, 8 billion or something, then yes, definitely C and C++ will be better choices. Yeah. And uh, 10 to the power 8 billion, I don't know. That's just, I don't know whether any normal computer can figure that out. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, but like my point was just to give you an absurdly huge number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, like, um, do you think uh, learning data structures and algorithms and See, there's this go debate going on, like, you know, all these coding interview questions, they ask you all these data structures and algorithms related questions, right? So, mm -hmm. but on their day-to-day -day job, they're not using data structures and algorithms. So mm -hmm. do you think, uh, like, you know, is there, why do they ask that? Or like, uh, you know, is there any point in learning data structures and algorithms? Just like yes, that? Yes, I definitely think there is. So you see, it is... So if you have the knowledge of data structures, firstly, I'll come to algorithms in a bit. Let's say if you have the knowledge of data structures, it's like adding a new tool to your toolbox. Okay. And you know, just because you don't use something every day is no excuse to, you know, just throw it out. I mean, every one of us has, let's say folks at our house, right? Yeah. But yeah. almost half the time we are using spoons and knives. So that doesn't mean that, okay, we pick up our folks and throw them out of the house, right? Yeah. Hmm. We keep them. They have their own use. They have their utility. Hmm. And while you might argue that, you know, they can be skipped, we can just struggle through with spoons and knives and with our hands. Well, the same holds true for data structures as well. But, you know, that's just going to make it so much messy. It is just easier to use a data structure in certain cases. For instance... Um, this thing, these things called classes, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say we have a role-playing game or any game, let's say for that matter, maybe 
a card game a simple card game so in that case it will be a real drag if i cannot make a data structure and i have to go like manjot card is equal to this anirudh card is equal to this rather than that why cannot make why can i not make a class that has objects that is to say um there are I uh, I say that there are people known as Manjot, Anirudh, and Siddharth who each have cards which can have different values. Mm. So that, like, a helps me to, um, you know, just keep things sorted. If I want to see Siddharth's card, I can just go there. I don't have to struggle through random variables, and it's also easier for anybody else to understand. Like, if um i'm not working on the thing myself alone and i have two or three friends i call them over and i'm like do look at this and they can just glance and they'll be like yeah okay got it instead of you know going through every damn variable and be like do what is this okay hmm. and as per algorithms um so see one thing is having the proper toolbox having uh, ha- being able to understand what data types are what data structures are all those things and the next thing that comes is algorithms that is like how you utilize them right mm-hmm. so we have people who are like you know um so you can have a single tool but you can use it poorly you can use it well like we have sorts people who are like you know complete novices they keep i don't know waving around their hands nothing happens and then we have skilled sorts people even so much that you know like one person can handle three others at the same time hmm. so algorithms is basically that optimization and improving your performance like what you are doing with your toolkit okay okay and that essentially that actually algorithms uh, play a vital role when you have a lot of data so as anirudh was pointing out that you know if you have python and c++ in the game and you want faster reflexes then see that is a game is a pretty limited world but you know if i'm talking about uh, let's take a uh, an example from my everyday life let's say google maps so i am sitting at my home okay mm-hmm. and i want to see um how do i get to some other place let's say it's 200 kilometers away so in these 200 kilometers there are going to be thousands of roads okay and each road has its own unique properties like how wide it is how how much traffic does it have and even how much traffic does it have might change according to what time it is you know like at office time maybe it's super full or maybe at lunch hour when you know if if it's got a lot of eateries so finding out the shortest or the quickest way to my destination if you know i just pick up every road i'm like okay let's say wherever i'm standing right now i have four options i pick let's say the road on the left i get four more options again i choose one so if you go into probability like that the total number of paths you can choose will be something like 1 by 4 to the power of 10000 or something okay depending on how many streets you have like this is a rough number and if you sit around you know like um this like figuring out what is the shortest path and you compare each one of these then dude it's going to be a disaster even if you use c++ it is going to take half your life okay <laughs> so this is where algorithms come in hmm. so you have to be smart okay 
So what if you always pick the, let's say you have four roads right now. You pick the road that is quickest. You don't care about the other roads. Maybe it takes you to a dead end or maybe it takes you a road that is super stuck. You don't care. Just like, yeah, this is quickest. I'm going with this one. This is called the greedy approach and is, you know, in a lot of cases, it is a pretty damn good approach. But I'm just trying to point out that you just need a smarter way to figure out how to do things. Mm, okay. Okay. So, um, again, this is uh, unrelated to the topic, but you did say that uh, the second path of learning, starting out in programming, is by learning C or C++. But mm -hmm. in my personal experience, I would, between C and C++, I would definitely recommend C++ over C because C is, uh, there's no concept of class or anything. There's no object or in the programming in C. So yeah. you don't learn about classes and all that. But C++ on the other hand is kind of like C, but a little bit different syntax, but there's object oriented programming, which is like very useful. Like Manjo just mentioned the use of class, right? So you definitely, yes. class are really helpful. C is kind of like, um, I don't know, what should I say? A prerequisite, like not exactly prerequisite, but it's like C++ and C have almost the same syntax. Um, if not exactly the same, but C++ just has a few more features to offer here and there. Like, as you mentioned, object-oriented programming and the introduction of classes is one of the most important things it does. Uh, yeah. And uh, there are structures in C, but uh, again, yes. classes are much better than structures. Yes. This, this is from my personal experience. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, um, like Siddharth, do you want to ask anything? Hmm, to be honest, I'm kind of just dumbfounded over here. Because <laughs> I'm kind of like new to all of this and like, so I'm just going to like wait over here while you guys talk. <laughs> if that's cool. Yeah, but like, you know, if you want to ask, you can ask anything you want. Um, like, you know. I don't know. Like, dude, um, like, um, what's like some of like, would you think in your opinion is like some of the biggest projects like you worked on like what's made like a difference or something okay so the one project that has um, made the biggest difference in my life is um, i actually did an internship with iit delhi um, on a project called ravi that stands for uh, reading assistant for visually impaired okay. it's a government funded project so it is basically like um, developing tools for visually impaired that give them more accessibility to stuff. Oh. In particular, I was working on a tool that would allow people to draw um, accessible geometric diagrams. Like, you know, at school, we have those um, circles, we have squares, we have, um, uh, what are they called? Parallelograms, rhombus, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that should be easily, um, you know, drawable for blind people on computer. And yeah. even if it it's drawn by someone, it should easily be accessible, right? Yeah, yeah. So people who are using a screen just come to it and it reads that, yeah, okay, this is a rhombus, maybe tilted at this, this angle, has these, this dimensions, this color, or is a dotted one, is dashed one, or solid line, or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I used Python at that time. We were trying to develop a Python library. I worked on this thing for eight months. Okay. And... Mm -hmm. 
this has made the maximum difference because every single day I was looking at something new, like, okay, this is how you draw things, but how can I pass this information on in some textual, you know, tag that is not visible to sighted people unless they wish to specifically see it. But the moment someone gets a screen reader's cursor on it, it's like, yo, dude, this is what's drawn here. Uh, oh, okay. 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 That's cool. Really cool. Nice. And, um, Manjo, like, do you want to share, like, you know, any message or something to anyone who is, say, like, you know, you know, you know, programming is like, can be pretty stressful at times. You know that, right? Uh, so, yes. and the last people are like, you know, it's all like this imposter syndrome thing going around. It's like, um, for, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? So you have any tips to overcome that? Um, I would just say that, you know, like whatever you do in life, not just coding, you are going to have issues. And I'll be honest with you, if you haven't faced a brick wall yet, if you haven't received a punch in the face from life just yet, then you will. You definitely will, okay? There's no getting around that fact. So the thing is, like, what do you do after you get hit? Do you keep going? Or you're like, no, dude, I got hit. That's not good. Yeah. So if you... So, like... In anything, not just programming, whatever you do in life, it, it, it's not about how talented you are or, how, or what sort of a hard hitter you are. It's more about how hard you can get hit and still keep moving. Okay, so I personally have faced issues when I was stuck on one simple stupid thing for like two months straight. Okay, so like, what should I do? I should be like, yeah, okay, I cannot do this. I'm, I'm leaving this thing. It's, it's beyond me. If I do that, then, then it will be true because I never even tried. I, I did not even try to learn the thing. So irrespective of somebody thinking that they can or cannot do something, you are right because just think about it. If you think that, okay, this problem is there, but I can solve it, you will make an effort and you will continue to do so. And maybe you will find a solution, even if nobody else had, has, right? True. But if yeah. you think that you're not capable of that right from the beginning, then you're not even going to try. Then who knows? Maybe you could have found a solution. So like I just say, not just programming, but whatever you do, never stop. That's the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never stop learning. Never stop applying what you learn. Agree. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So, so like um you wanna wrap it up Manjo's like yeah. Hello? Yeah, yes. Like, ah yeah, um, you wanna wrap it up? Anything else to add? Um Well, thanks for giving me the chance to speak here and meet you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for coming. I really enjoyed this chat of ours. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, when so, um, we wrap it up? Yeah, we can. So, thank you guys for listening. You can check out our ep- other episodes on pretty much all streaming platforms Spotify, Breaker, TNN, it's all there. 
Also, our social media, just check it out, Twitter and Instagram, at bmixsounds34. So, uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you have a great day. Yeah, peace. Okay. Uh, so, that was like, you know, you can stop the